It's good to see everyone this morning. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I want to welcome you all for braving the elements and joining us. And uh, for those who are online, I want to welcome you and bless you. And thank you for joining us. We have hit our capacity this morning. That's awesome. Isn't that? I want to hear that in the future when there's no COVID or anything. Actually, as I was sitting here worshiping, it was like, um, in Psalms, this is it, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is like a taste. We've hit our capacity. We have some overflow happening in another building, and we have people around the world watching. Now that, is just a, a foretelling, a foretaste of where we're going. Amen? Amen. And everybody online said, and everybody in the overflow said, amen. <laughs> amen. Well, it's been an exciting month as far as our, the preaching and where we've been going with God, in God's word. We, we've kind of camped a little bit in Romans chapter 4. Pastor David has been talking about Abraham. Pastor Nelson joined in, and I, I met, had a message um, and a lot of the material came from Romans chapter 4. And I've just been meditating on, on that chapter. And as I've been meditating, God has given me all these scripture verses. And I didn't know how I was going to fit all of that into a message. So what I did is I, I printed out these scripture verses. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to just take five minutes. And I'm just going to read every single scripture verse. And what I'd like you to do is write these down and start meditating on these scripture verses. And then hopefully, I was thinking um, on my drive here, how am I going to do this? And I, and I love mashed potatoes. As a kid, my mom used to make mashed potatoes. Um, but every one of these scripture verses is like a potato. And then hopefully, I'm going to start mashing them together. All right? So that's my aim and my goal. And, and I have this incredible knack for going on these rabbit trails. So hopefully I can read through these scripture verses without too much commentary. But I know it's going to happen. But hopefully I stay on track. All right. And... My wife says, just get to the word, no, no beating around the bush. But I, I really want to, I think sometimes it's important to tell you why I'm saying what I'm going to say. I love this one passage in John 16, and I love that, and I'm thinking, and, and, and as I'm putting the, my message together, I sit, and I, I get on this rabbit trail, and it's so good, and then I get on this other, <laughs> and then yesterday I was driving, and outside this church, I think we were in Surrey, we drove past this church, and here was John 16. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, that's where you're going to start. And that's where you're going to go. And so my first scripture verse is John 16. These are all King James. Just in case you're wondering where I'm reading. This is King James. I'm just going to read King James, and when we get further detail, um, we will... Um, I might go into a different version or more explanation or even into the Greek. Um, anyways, I, I love this passage. And I, I said to Pastor David the other, 
they, they, isn't this what has just happened to us? Six, John 16, 32 and 33. Jot that down. Behold, the hour cometh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, yea, and is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his own home. <laughs> that's not funny, but that's what's happened. <laughs> and then you're going to leave me. Now, fortunately, we haven't left the Lord. Right? Amen. And you will leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Now, these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus now talking to his disciples, who we are. Amen? That in you, that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Wow. In the midst of your challenges... Be of good cheer. That's like when James, James was the, the, the brother of Jesus, the, the author of the book of James. And he said, count it all joy when you encounter all kinds of diverse tribulations. He must have been listening to his brother at some point in time. Be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Amen. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as I read some of this stuff, these scripture verses, not stuff, wow. As I read some of these scripture verses, think what happens when we accept Jesus Christ. We are joined together with him. Ephesians chapter 3 talks about how we were alienated and we were, we were sinners, but God in his mercy has raised us together with with Christ and has seated us together we are joined together somehow we are in Christ and Christ is in us why because we are joined together so when Jesus says i have overcome the world what does that make you thank you thank you mr cooper we are overcomers that's why we can be comforted, why we can have courage and be of good cheer, even through challenging times and the word tribulation. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm only on verse, the first passage. <laughs> even in the times, the word tribulation is not talking about the tribulation. It's talking about pressure. Even when we go through pressure situations, we can have comfort, we can have peace, like he says, we can have courage because Jesus overcame and we are joined together with him and that makes us overcomers. And we can rise above our challenges, pressures, distress. How many of you have been through some stressful situations in your life? Yes, yes. But through it, in it, Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to have fear controlling us. Why? Because he's with us. He's in us. And we're joined together with the overcomer. That's the first passage. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm going to have to put this mic away at 11 o'clock. And I'm just going to keep ripping and roaring. <laughs> uh, I love, I love, 
preaching. I get in trouble for just joking around too much and meandering, but because I love all of you, and I just love having this conversation with you. Amen? Amen. Acts 14, 22. Actually, 21. We'll start. This is Paul reading these stories, and this is where I get in trouble with my time. Paul has this incredible message, and their signs and wonders, and these people think that they are gods. And so they want to make, they bring animals to sacrifice in front of Paul and Barnabas. And they literally give Barnabas the name of Jupiter, the, the, the planet, because they worship the planet Jupiter. And they give Paul the name Mercury. And they're about to worship them. And Paul and Barnabas stop them and say, no, 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 you can't do that. You cannot sacrifice animals to us and you cannot worship us because we are not gods. Then Jew, some Jewish people who are in the community, um, they, they stir up the people. And within minutes, they literally stone Paul. Can you believe it? This guy that they were about to worship and literally sacrifice some animals to, they've stoned him, and, and it says they drag him because he's dead out of the city. And then he, <laughs> he's dead. He just gets up. The disciples are all standing around looking at him like, what are we, we going to do? And then he gets up, and he preaches some more, and then enter... We're in verse 21, Acts 14, 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch. Now listen to the verse 22. Confirming, strengthening the souls of the disciples and exhorting them, encouraging them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation... Through much pressure, enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to jump ahead of myself, but that's okay. Without obstacles and without pressure and without challenges in your life, you never have victory. I don't know. I, I grew up, when, my, when I was a little kid, my dad had like three jobs, and he was trying to start a business and different things, and I learned to work and work, work hard. Have you ever heard of, of um, a person who's never had to work a day in their life because they've been fortunate? Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not fortunate, but they've had the blessing of finances in their family. But because never having to face difficulty, challenges, Something comes along, and it wipes them out. The pressures that we face in our lives, they may not have been ordained or authored by Jesus, by God, but God takes circumstances and situations, and he turns what the enemy means for evil, and he causes us to triumph, and good comes out of it. Amen. Because through challenges in our life, he's teaching us and he's training us to be overcomers. And literally, Paul is saying here that through men, much pressure, we 
enter. We become part of. We partake of the kingdom of God. Not only do we enter in and enjoy, but we literally rule and reign because we're joined together with Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. And it's the pressures and it's the challenges and it's the distresses that we go through that literally are training us and teaching us how to rule and to reign. I saw a picture on, the, on uh, one of my news sites I, I, I read, and here was this Lamborghini, $300,000. And the caption said, Lamborghini, $300,000, destroyed hours after leaving the dealership. I've used this example in men's Bible study. My 16-year-old kid, when he learned to drive, on day one, he did not get the keys to a Lamborghini. Was it because I was a bad dad? Good, thanks, Brad. He said no. It's not because I was a bad dad. All of the cars that all my children got, the reverse cars, were used and relatively um, not super expensive because they had to learn they had to be taught. They had to train. Because if you get handed the keys to a Lamborghini on day one, you don't know how to deal with the power. Amen. <laughs> you need to learn how to deal with the power. You have to train. You have to learn how to handle the corners, the traffic, the, the challenges, the stress. I don't know how many of you have ever been stressed out driving. But it's, it's better to learn how to deal with stresses in a lousier car than in a really good car. And, but there's a, an aspect of training, learning, getting accustomed to. Now I'm preaching as I'm going through. I'm only on verse number, I'm only on my second passage of eight. <laughs> my wife is like, get going, get going. All right. I hope you're enjoying this because I'm loving it. Psalms 144, verses 1 and 2. <laughs> you know what? God, God really is awesome. I was watching a TV show, and it wasn't a Christian TV show. It was a, a crime drama. And somebody who wasn't very good, somebody, they, they looked at this passage. I thought, oh, I wonder what that passage is. So I went to it, and God just started talking to me. Here, blessed be the Lord. Now, they totally took it out of context and everything else in the TV show. But here, listen to this. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Teaches us. The word teach there. Now, I've really gone ahead of myself, but. Look at that, I just went through four pages. The word teach means to train and to get accustomed. He teaches our, the, I'm going to get even a little bit more ahead of myself. The word war means hostile encounter. Do you realize that there is an adversary who doesn't like you? 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and he wants to destroy you. So there are times when you have to yourself get a little hostile. When you look through the, the book, of, not the book of Abraham, the life of Abraham, I read through his life. There was a time when he literally had to go to war to get somebody back. His lot had been taken. And he literally had to get hostile to get his relative back. So there are times in our life, God has a plan and a purpose. He has a direction. And guess what? Satan doesn't want you to take that direction. So he's aggressively trying to make you detour, make you exit, make you bail out of the ship, make you give up. And there are times when we have to get hostile ourselves with him. And there are times in our life we go through stressful situations, pressure, challenges. Why? To toughen us up. I'll just say it as plainly as that. We need to get toughened up sometimes. My children are, some of them are in their 30s. And a lot of them in there, most, most of them are in their 20s. I still, I do not stand behind them when they ride a bike and hold the bike for them anymore. Because when they were four and five years old, I let go of the bike. And they fell. And they hurt themselves. And they cried. Now, we went to a field, so it was grass. But they hurt themselves and they cried. Did that make me a bad dad? I was controlled of, in control of the situation. I was there. But the, the pain, and some, some people might, might like, I, I, I understand pain. I've been through different types of pain. There's certain pain in the sense of the riding the bike, falling, scraping your knee, falling, or, or wavering. Have you ever seen a kid waver on their bike? And they get freaked right out, and they just they, they go backwards on the, you know. And you're yelling, don't go, don't pedal backwards, keep going. Right. There, there are situations that toughen us up that teach us you know what I don't like falling so next time I'm not going to slam on my brakes and try to stand on two wheels because you can't do that you, you fall over so instead of pedaling backwards I'm gonna I'm gonna muster up the courage to keep pedaling and then as I keep pedaling I stabilize as I keep moving, I stabilize. And sometimes, sometimes people give up after the first fall. I don't know if you've ever had a, a child that has scraped their knee and said, I don't want to ride a bike anymore. I have a granddaughter. I had a, gra had a granddaughter. And she fell. And then for the longest time, she didn't want to get back on that bike. But she got the courage to. And now she zips around our yard. No problems. No fear. Guess who's fearful now? Opa. 
It's like, slow down, hold on. <laughs> now it's Opa that's like, oh, wow, you've learned a little too much. <laughs> but he teaches us to war because he knows where we're going. God knows where we're going. There are hostile environments waiting for us. It's part of taking territory. It's part of being victorious. To be victorious, you've got to conquer something. And quite often that thing that you conquer is hostile towards you. It wants to kill you. It wants to destroy you. But through challenges, Abraham wasn't perfect. He didn't go through a, he didn't have a perfect life. And he didn't handle every situation perfectly. And yet, he's a father of faith. Wow. Whose seed we are. Wow, I didn't even get, what time is it? I'm sorry, I do not have a clock and I'm 10.56. I got four minutes. Minus the five minutes that Pastor David took from me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope online that you hang in there with me because I might just go over a little bit over time. Here, he teaches my hand. In, in biblical times, the hand represented power. It represented authority. Do you realize in you there is more power and there's more authority that you, than you understand? And so he, he, he stirs us up. He allow, I know, he allows us to go through stressful times. Because what is he doing? He's stirring up within us the power and the authority that he knows we have. And at some point in time, we get angry and we say, Satan, you cannot do this anymore. And all of a sudden, that hand that he's been teaching us to war with, we understand, wow, the power and the authority that I possess. And he's teaching us, helping us to understand the power, the authority that we have. Why do we have that power and authority? Because we're joined together with him. And in him resolves, resides all power and authority. And because we're a part of him, guess what resides in us? All power, all authority. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to, wow. I'm just going to read these this time, honestly. 2 Peter chapter 1, grace, verses 2, 3, and 4. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power, just let these words just sink in. And that's why I want you to write these down or go back over this message Meditate on this. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to his glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by those promises we become partakers, sharers, partners in the divine nature. That literally blows me away. 
Because we have been justified by faith, we're born again, we have the seed of God in us. We literally, because of the promises of his word, we, can, we are partakers of the divine nature. Wow. Now, I don't even grasp that probably 10%. The divine nature. I've got that in here somewhere. Divine nature is the sum of all the innate properties and powers by which one person differs from another. So, all the characteristics and properties of Jesus Christ, all his power, his authority, dwells in me. Because of the promises of his word. Because of what he's spoken over us. Next one. And this is where I'm going to close. I'm going to go back to Romans 4. For the promise. Sorry, Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to go back to verse 13. Pastor Nelson spent a bit of time on this. And I want to just reinforce some of this. For the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to us through the law but through the righteousness of faith. That if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is void. So if it's by the law, by our works, then the promise is literally void. And the promise is made of none effect. So it's not our works. It's nothing that we could do. It's nothing about our righteousness. It's, it's literally faith. It actually goes here. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16, therefore it, the promise to be the heir of the world, is of faith, that it might be by grace, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So the promise is for you and for me. And what is the promise? That we should be the heir of the world. Whoa. Heir of the I want to ex talk about this for five minutes. The promise, there's only one person who has ever overcome the world. So the heir of the world is Jesus Christ. He became the heir of the world. In Hebrews chapter 1, it literally talks that, that God has, a, has appointed him to be the heir of all things. And guess who we are? We are joint with Jesus Christ. So literally, the promise to Abraham of your seed, your descendants will be numerous. They'll, they'll, they'll be blessed. They will bless other nations. There'll be multiple nations. Paul, in Romans here, boils it down that, that he should be the heir of the world. There's only one person who that who fits that qualification. That was Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, became the heir. And the word heir means possessor. He literally possesses. He has the right to subdue and have dominion over the world because he possesses it. And we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So guess what we join in?
we are heirs of this world. And as a result, hopefully this is my mashed potatoes. The trials, the tribulations, the pressure that you're going through, we can take courage in the fact that we are joined together with the one who overcame. And literally, the challenges, the pressures that we face are preparing us to rule and to reign with Jesus Christ. And having dominion, the original blessing, the original promise, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. That is our destiny. Is to have dominion. Not letting the things of this world get us down, but literally overcoming, reigning and ruling. No matter the challenge, no matter the pressure, we can be joyful. We can be peaceful. We can have patience and long-suffering. Our faith will continue strong. We can exhibit kindness, gentleness. Why? Because we rule and reign. Because we are the seed of Abraham who had been appointed to have the heir of the world. And that is you and me, co-laboring, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And literally, what was one of the purposes that Jesus came? For this purpose was the Son of Man of God manifest to destroy of the devil. That is our one of our job assignments, job descriptions, is to destroy the works of the devil. That is our destiny. Amen? So next time you're going through a challenging situation, you don't have to be thankful for the situation, but you can say, thank you, Lord, that you're with me and you're preparing me I'm going to come through this. I'm going to overcome. And you're just maturing me and getting me ready, me ready for bigger and better things. Amen? You know, the more w the wind, there's a certain type of tree, and I forget which one it is. The more the wind of adversities come, you know what happens to the roots? They get stronger and deeper. Why? Because the adversity doesn't blow it over. It makes it stronger. Amen? And God is preparing us. God is preparing us to fulfill our destiny, amen? amen? To be victorious, to be courageous, to be bold and overcoming, amen? Amen, amen, amen. Let's all just close our eyes, declare a blessing over you. Literally, Moses instructed Aaron to give this blessing, and it's, he says, when you do this, you literally put my name, invoke my name, on the people. And what is the name? The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The name of the Lord is a refuge for my soul. So here we go. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom his peace. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.